I am so excited for you guys to meet my friend Nick today. Nick and I met in 2018 in Boone, North Carolina, up in the mountains, and we studied together, we laughed together, and Nick touched my heart. This year on the podcast, I promise to connect you with community. So in my own path, that is exactly what I'm doing for myself. So such a gift to have Nick back in my life. He is holding a retreat in North Carolina this fall that I jumped on, so I'm going to get to see him in person and experience his teaching and his teaching is really real stuff. Nick has years of experience um, with Marianne Wells Yoga, my my same yoga instructor, and he is a teacher in North Carolina. So if you're near, you're going to hear about how you can connect with Nick and see him in real life. He is also always hosting workshops, retreats. He does corporate events. He's big in chakra healing. He also specializes in addiction and recovery yoga. Nick is a father. He is a husband. He's a dog dad. And following him on social media will definitely like just, it's like giving your heart a hug. And that is definitely how it felt talking with him today. He mentioned on the, on the show that he was humbled that I invited him here, but I am a million times more humbled that you get to meet, connect, and learn from yoga teacher and coach Nick Russo. So let's dig into it. All right, let's get into it. I love all this. Is that Ganesha behind you? That is Ganesha behind me. That's right. I haven't seen you, but I have Ganesha on my arm now. I got him in Maui. I guess that was about two and a half years ago. Oh, beautiful. It was when I felt like I needed somebody like Ganesha on my side. The destroyer of all obstacles. Yes, the destroyer. (laughs) I also have Shiva, which you can't see, but Shiva sits above my work desk. Because, you know, Shiva vibes when you're, when I'm in the zone. Beautiful. So great ways to, you know, stay present and, you know, stay focused on what we're looking towards, you know, freedom. Yes. And honestly, thank you for bringing that into fruition. Because I think I need to remember that a little bit more. Because that is why I put it there. But, you know, you go on with your day and sometimes you forget to use the tools that are in your toolbox. Oh, it's so true. You know, we're all just human. So, (laughs) yes, well, I'm very excited to have you. It's 9 a.m. L.A. time, afternoon time for you. So I just I'm having my first cup of caffeine. So first question, are you a coffee drinker or what's in your cup in the morning? Oh, I'm definitely a coffee drinker. That's how I start my days with two young kids. You need the coffee, a little bit of uh, coconut milk and monk fruit. Ooh, monk fruit. I was really into monk fruit when I was like trying to be a baker. It was probably around the era that I first met you. Um, That's a good tip. I need some monk fruit in my kitchen. Yeah, I think it tastes very similar to sugar. You know, it's just the right amount of sweetness and just a little bit healthier. And it's literally, oh, you're going to meet Finley. So there he is. I was like, like, there's no way around this. I just filmed with Ron last week and Finley was at the groomer. So he didn't get to be in Ron's episode. Uh, Well, it's always nice having the dogs pass by. (laughs) Yeah. So I still drink coffee, so back on what I'm drinking, but I am on this new ritual in my life that I got all the matcha, you know, tools to make a traditional matcha every morning, and it just feels like it's part of, you know, a gift that I give to myself. So I'm drinking matcha with froth milk. Ooh, enjoy. Gum-free milk. It's almond milk. (laughs) I love it. 
Yeah, well, Nick, I I obviously know a lot about, you know, how I would describe you. My listeners are going to hear that before we get into this interview today. But I would love, in your words, to tell us a little bit about your story, specifically touch in um, about how you found yoga in your life. And since we met at Really Real Yoga School with Marianne Wells in 2018 in the Boone training, which was the art and science of yoga, I'd like to back up a little bit and hear about how you stumbled upon Marianne and how you met her before you were able to join her advanced training with me. That sounds great. I'll be happy to, to answer all those questions. Uh, first, I want to say, Katie, thank you for having me. I really feel humbled to be part of this experience and your growth and success. So thank you. It means a lot. And it means a lot because like these yep. platforms, they grow into something, you know, touching people's hearts. And that's what we do. And, you know, if you want me to describe myself, I would say that's how I lead. You know, I teach uh, my classes, my students um, through example, because whatever I teach, um, I'm living each and every single day. Um, I love that. The really story, real way. The really real way, the Marianne Wells Yoga School way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, my story began uh, like, like so many people. You know, I grew up in uh, a family that was broken. Um, with a lot of emotional damage. And um, when I was growing up, I didn't know how I felt. I didn't know um, anything about myself, really, because what I was doing was really surviving, you know, moving through each day, day by day, just trying to figure things out. And I thought my life was quite normal. And when I reached my 30s is when I really discovered, like getting into my own serious relationships, that something was not right. You know, yeah. like people were like running in the opposite direction. And, uh, I had to quickly figure out what was going on. And that's, you know, yoga. I found yoga and I started with Bikram, you know, because, you know, mm, that's I needed, right. I could see yes. that in you, that Pitta you know, in you. That Pitta in me. Yeah. That fire. <laughs> but, you know, really what it was for me was an escape. And I didn't know that at the time either. You know, I really went into the room and uh, the hotter it was, the harder it was, the better it was for me. And after that, I would go do a workout class or MMA class and, and really just, you know, keep that was me a little bit. Fire. I wasn't Bikram, but I started <laughs> really getting into my practice when I was living in New York and I went to pure yoga and I would go to their hot vinyasa, like really flowy hit classes. <laughs> um, and that's how I got into yoga though. So anytime someone says that that's the yoga they want. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking we got to change that and we'll get into yeah. that later. But I'm also like, well, <laughs> that's how I started. So more, more power to you. <laughs> that's right. You know, you can't get from here to there. So, you know, we all begin from what we need and whatever the introduction is, it's always good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and there's nothing there with anything. It's all about the balance, the harmony, you know, like all types of yogas have their benefits, but you know, what do we take to the extreme? Are we feeding our ego or are we doing it for a purpose? Um, that's how I like to think of things now, but you know, back then I didn't know. Um, and I don't regret it. I'm, I, you know, I look back on my life and I wouldn't change one thing because it brought me to where I am today. And I believe that we are all on our path all the time. You're mm -hmm. never off it. You're always on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, something you know, that's been helpful for me lately is just, you know, even when you have wins, you know, we focus so much about our failures that knock us off, but Sometimes those wins, I'm, I'm big in that world, you know, I'm corporate, I'm trying to win, I'm competitive, but then, mm -hmm. you know, those wins can drop people off too, but you have to wake up the next day, one foot in front of the other and keep on your path, win or lose. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and the losers are not always really losers. It's like, you know, right? that's where the growth comes from. 
And, you know, I've learned, and this is more recently than, than from the past, you know, what I'm learning more and more each and every day is to become thankful for those little pitfalls that happen because, you know, you can't always be happy. You're not always going to be sad, you know, and sometimes we need that little reminder, you know, that little like, hmm, I think I have to do things differently once again, you know, yeah. like that wake up call. Mm -hmm. um, but I did Bikram for many, many, many years, hot power yoga, like you name it, I did it. Anything that was going to make you sweat, make you hot and, and, uh, you know, build your muscles. That's what I was doing. And, um, and I loved it. Boy, did I love it. But then I hurt myself, you know, from mm -hmm. doing all the chaturangas, maybe not doing it in the right alignment, you know, I, but I hurt my wrist, I hurt my shoulder and I had to take a break. And when yeah. I took that break, it really helped me um, slow down. And I was so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. But then I realized the more I slowed down, the better I felt, you know? Yeah. And it, that, that was my, my introduction to slowing down. Of course, you know, I had to, you know, as soon as I felt a little bit better, I got back into my power. But over the years, over the years, um, I met a lot of people, did a lot of different healing modalities. And it all led me to Marianne Wells Yoga School in 2015. Um, okay. Well, I was 2015. I don't know if we knew this about, well, we had to have been close because once she dropped that advanced training, that's where we met. We, we both raised our hand, but I was at the end of 2015 in Cajita. Where were you? Um, I was in the Goddess Garden in Costa Rica. Okay, me too. That's Kita. I just I had to look yeah. that up for Ron. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, and I was uh, I was in the August session, so maybe you okay. were the one before. So you were six months before me. Yeah. So, cool. um, so I uh, so what happened with me? My story that uh, um, got me into yoga teacher training to begin with. I never it never crossed my mind that I was going to become a yoga teacher. Um, my husband Joe, he we were living in Orlando. He got a job promotion that brought us to Jacksonville. And at the time I was a real estate broker and I just knew I couldn't start over again. I already was like, had the burnout with the corporate, with the, you know, uh, it, it just wasn't filling my soul anymore, feeding my soul in any way. And so when we moved to Jacksonville, I said to Joe, I said, you know, I have to figure something else out, something else that's going to feed my soul. And so I went to a life coach and the first question she asked me, as soon as I got in the office, she goes, what do you like to do? And I said, I like to practice yoga. She goes, well, why aren't you teaching it? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and I left that session. I went home and I started Googling, you know, yoga teacher trainings. And I knew that I, I have two young kids and at the time they were infants. So I knew I had to just go away and immerse myself. I didn't want to take all these, you know, um, six months courses where you're going every weekend that just wouldn't work for my schedule. Mm -hmm. And so Marion Wells kept popping up. And so I gave Marianne a call and she goes Who's like Finn. Yeah. Finn keeps popping up. He just pops up. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> just like everything else in life, right? Things just pop yeah. up. And um, so Marianne said to me, she goes, Oh, you're calling about my July training. And I said, Yeah. And she goes, Oh, you're ambitious. It's a year away. I said, No, I'm calling about the one that's starting in two weeks. And she goes, Do you know that like my sessions fill up? Like I don't have any more space. And so she says, Tell me your story. And I just told her a little bit of my story. And, you know, this is the beautiful thing about Marianne. She is really real. And I said yeah. something that must have touched her heart. And she goes, you know, let me call you back. And she spoke to Ron. You know, I know the story now, all the back, the back story. And, um, and she told him that, you know, I got a feeling I'm buying this kid a bed. And she called me back and she goes, you know, I don't have room. <laughs> but I could put you in the spa room. It's nothing fancy. You know, this is mm, the goddess garden. I so, did you know, know that because you had like a spa room in Bali. 
yeah, the spa room, like which joke. is not really spa ish. I know it was you know, different, but <laughs> open air cabin situation, right? <laughs> uh, with a box stand in the window. Um, but you know what? I did it. I did mm-hmm. it. I accepted, and it it challenged me in every way because you know I definitely am. I call it like a little bratty, you know. Um, you know, I like my comforts. You know, I like my air yeah. condition. I like nice hotels. I like I like my home. Yeah, um, too. But. Here I went two weeks later off to the rainforest, but lots of ants and had to walk a trail every day to get to to practice at 530 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that one that one was tough. I mean, I grew up in Florida, so it's like you think I would be used to a lot of the things you see in Costa Rica. I mean, they didn't have a lot of those things like the crazy <laughs> snake stories and, you know, monkey howl or monkeys. But that was tough. That was scary. And my all my roommates like to just like mess with me and every stick was a snake in my eyes. Every leaf was like a <laughs> dragon lit lizard. So everyone was messing with me. But oh, that, I'm sure it, was it was dark and tough over there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm well, so... I mean, it's kind of funny when I think back about how I found Marianne. Definitely. I think all of us, you know, the universe brought her to us in a different way. But I actually didn't do a lot of research, you know, and someone like Jenna, who, yes, I referred um, Jenna for everyone who's listening is one of my best friends, college roommate that she also took Marianne's 200 hour training and then continued with her graduation. But Jenna um, is a researcher. And, you know, so, yes, I referred Marianne, but then she like studied Marianne, watched Marianne for like six months to a year before she went on her training. But for me, I was just exhausted living that New York City life. You had, mm-hmm. you know, I had about two years now practicing yoga and definitely, you know, had planted the seed that I wanted to be a yoga instructor too. Someone really spoke to me in a class once and she was inspiring. And, you know, I like to talk. I have a podcast now, so <laughs> we know I like to talk. But I was like, this could be a way that I could share my story. I didn't really see it as I'm going to teach everybody all the poses. I really was in that mental, emotional, spiritual body and Mm -hmm. thinking like, this could be me. This is how I can be a yoga instructor. I can share my story. I can help people. If I can do it, they can do it. You know, similar to your upbringing. I love that. And I love how you just explained how this teacher touched your life. And, you know, like I call that an uplifter. And now here you are uplifting people. I'm uplifting people. And that's what I really like to teach. I really love, like I say in my classes sometimes, like, are you ready to be an uplifter? Like, let's just uplift Yeah, I like people. that. That's what the world needs. We, we need to, you know, and, and we have to lead by example. These things that we are doing the way that we're living our lives, um, it, can't be ta- it can't be taught. It has to be experienced. So I feel like we could inspire people, but then the people get to do the work themselves, just like we yeah. all did. You know, it has to be right. experienced. And a a message that, you know, my listeners will hear Ron right before they listen to this episode. But Ron said in that episode, like yoga is hard. And I think, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of noise around people not wanting to sit and be quiet and they have trouble being with in stillness and might not choose the restorative class. They're always going to that hit hill crush yoga class. Um, But I think that, you know, unconsciously, they're not picking yoga because it is hard and it's hard, you know, for someone who has been practicing, you know, yoga for almost 10 years. It's not like every day I'm like running to yoga. Can't wait. It is a discipline. It is hard to get there. And um, yeah, I guess that, I don't know what my point was there, but you no, said well, yoga no, was difficult. I, I, 
No, I feel I, I do believe that yoga is difficult. But I think the difficult part for most people is that they're not ready to slow down because the real essence of yoga, you know, it all leads. Like, what does Marianne say? She goes, "All roads lead to restorative yoga. Restorative mm-hmm. yoga means settling the mind, bringing the mind and body together." And you know, so many people, like like I said in the beginning of this podcast, like I didn't know how I felt many, many, many years ago, and yeah. people aren't they don't know how they feel and they don't want to feel it. And so like, that's why I believe a lot of people every day are, you know, like, again, nothing wrong with power yoga or uh, Bikram yoga, but it's why are we doing it? And why are we doing it every day? Not finding that balance between, you know, maybe you need a power class and a restorative class and a middle of the road class and, and all these things. People are afraid to slow down because then all of a sudden here comes all those thoughts, here comes all those feelings. And what do I do with them? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was something that was on my list to review with you is Mm -hmm. something that I've noticed in the studios here in LA. And, you know, I've lived in a lot of places. So I don't, you can tune in on how the studio schedule is at where you teach. But I've noticed that another thing that it's almost like the society of these studios, they only offer restorative and yin and flow flow is something that I see on the equinox schedule but it's you can only catch something like that like once a week i think there's a restorative class at equinox twice a week the yoga a studio that i was going to very frequently prior to rejoining equinox because they just have more options um i i would visit them every sunday because that's when their restorative yin class but so why that would be probably pretty hard for someone that that is unlike you and i who you know, have practiced and trained and know, really understand the benefits of restorative yoga. But then we're talking about people who are struggling with making time for that, but then their studio is only allowing this like one or two time slot in the week and people are busy. Do you think that that might have something to do with it? I was just kind of like thinking about that before talking to you. Well, I do believe that's a valid point. I, I also think that another point, another way of looking at this is that the studios, like they figured out their formula to make more money and they know what the people mm. are looking for. And sometimes right. the people until they're introduced to a good teacher that shows them how to slow down. For instance, like in my classes, I do teach um, at Yoga 6 in Cornelius, North Carolina, and uh, I do teach slow flow classes. But, you know, because I'm so blessed that I've had all these wonderful teachers, I don't teach a very fast flow. I teach from the heart. So my classes are slow and the, the, the students, my classes are filled up because they are experiencing the pose. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. And once they get um, uh, to experience that for themselves, then they realize, oh, I want more of that. Um, and so I try to remind my students that here I am offering you some suggestions for your practice and your practice is always personal, even though you practice in communities and with different teachers begin to listen to your body because someone's telling you to flow fast. Maybe you have to slow down, you know, so you're practicing as a community, but also as an individual. Um, And I think that's when people meet their teacher when they're, and when I say teacher, the person they can hear, I know not, not everyone could hear me and, you know, not every teacher is for every person. And I respect that. So when they hear the person they could hear, then it, you know, it's like that light bulb goes off in their head. Um, And that's when the shift changes and it has to be that way. It, it, It has to be felt for it yeah. to take effect. Yeah. Yeah, that really is a good point. So yeah, tell tell the listeners a little bit more about, you know, what you're teaching. So you teach a slow flow. Um, I know that there is chakra healing. I know that you're doing a lot of 
yoga for recovery and addiction, which I really wanted to talk to you about. I think just in my walk here in LA, I have met a lot of um, people who are on the on the walk, they call it. And, you know, I have a lot of sober friends now, but some really incredible people and hanging out with um, some of these new friends that I've made in LA that are in recovery, they've actually been more inspiring to me to get healthier than some of my friends that aren't in recovery, if that makes sense. So I don't know, I kind of wanted to hear a little bit about what you've been doing with chakra and some of the trainings that and workshops you've been holding. Oh, absolutely. I'd love, I'd love to share all that information. Well, um, you know, just to give you a little bit more background about myself, you know, I said that it came from a difficult background, you know, childhood growing up, there's a lot of um, drugs and, and amongst many other things going on where I, I lived and in, in my household. And so recovery is um, something that I really hold dear to my heart. Um, and through my um, peeling back the onion, healing my whole journey, the, all the modalities that I use, um, as I grew into this person that I am now, I found this um, nonprofit called Kula for Karma, such a beautiful organization that brings mindfulness to- Write that um, down so I can put it in the show notes. It's still around, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, they're very, it's a great organization, Kula for Karma. Um, and uh, they offer mindfulness um, to populations such as uh, detention centers, uh, doctors, nurses, EMTs, um, suicide prevention. It, it, the list goes on and on and on. Pretty much anyone who's in need of help due to depression um, or underprivileged in some sort. Um, and awesome. I did their training, which is called um, uh, advanced trauma uh, teacher training. Okay. And I try not to use that word trauma anymore because I just feel mm-hmm. like it has like a negative vibe to it. Um, so I really do like recovery. It does. Things. And it's hard to insert yeah. that, you know, when people are coming to get away from those thoughts. Exactly. I was doing a guided meditation around the heart last night and she, you know, it was great because it was learning for me. And then, you know, my next meditation that I post is going to be around the heart chakra. And, you know, I I learned from this meditation, but what I also learned is she just kept saying the negative words. So I think she was trying to get us to release those things, but I'm like, okay, I just sat here all comfy for like 10 minutes hearing like all the things I didn't want to (laughs) hear. Yeah, no, I think it's important to stop saying these words because that's not who you really are, you know? Um, and so, but it is a wonderful training. Um, and, um, it really, you know, going into, um, for myself, when I was teaching for them at first, I was teaching in inpatient, um, recovery centers and oh my gosh, just going in there and watching the change from week to week in the students, like, you know, you might first go in there and they're just, you know, (laughs) detoxing. And so they're just sitting in the chair. And then the next week they're doing the light yoga poses. And then the next week, and, and you just get to see them become more alive, like as they tune in, tap in, turn on to their true being, which they all, these beautiful spirits, like we all are, you know, um, it just ignited a light in me. And I got so involved with Cool for Karma. Later, I was actually teaching their, uh, I was facilitating their trainings. That's how seriously I took it. Um, and now I have so many good friends from there. Um, and I now take that training that, everything that I've learned. And I bring that into my everyday classes because so many people that we're not aware of are suffering from something in their lives and there's triggers for everybody. And so it's very important. I think that yoga teachers build a language in their rooms to make all people feel safe because we don't know what's going on in their lives. You know, it's not just about exercise. There's so many other things that we need to pay attention to. And I truly believe 
um, that all yoga teachers should have some background in um, psychology. Yeah, no, that's a, that's just a really great point because all those cues that we're focusing on for body parts and anatomy is just as important for um, yoga teachers to be mindful of the spiritual cues, the emotional cues, and the mental cues that are coming out of their mouths. Exactly. And, and all of these, um, you know, with the Kula for Karma training, a lot of the practices is not, you know, it's not about the asana, although we're going to do all of them, these asanas have beautiful purpose, you know, for toning and strengthening the muscles, the, the ligaments and all those things. But when you begin to bring your mind body awareness together, then our mind is not focuses anymore on the problem on the outside, we are coming more inside um, and the more that we get comfortable with our body, you know, because a lot of people have disassociations with the body, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, now we're bringing our mind body awareness all in one, which it's, it's all about. So, yep. you know, I, I think people use the word mindfulness loosely these days, um, but it is a way of becoming more mindful. Um, mm-hmm. And which I believe is the same thing that um, restorative yoga does and just segueing and you could bring me back if you want, but like going into the retreats that I'm now leading, like at my studio and beyond, I call them um, relax and retreat. And when people sign up for these retreats, a lot of times they don't know exactly what they're going to experience. Cause a lot of times I say, you know, there's no words to describe what you're going to experience. It's something you have to experience. And um, Mm -hmm. I use a lot of, you know, we talked about chakra healing and I I was certified with Dr. Vasant Ladd, the doctor from India, uh, the Ayurvedic Institute um, in chakra balancing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't met this guy yet. He's harder and harder Uh, to get now too. Oh my gosh. He, you know, you walk into the room with him and it's like your mouth just drops and you just want to hear every word he says. And I'd um, be walking around with like my pen and taking notes and probably... um, take myself out of the experience with doing that now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me, um, you know, there's a lot of great Ayurvedic practitioners and, and teachers, but for me, uh, Dr. Ladd, the doctor from India is the authority. Um, and I've learned so much from him and, I, and I've been to his center as a patient as well, uh, going through a process called Panchakarma, which is uh, a really nice Ayurvedic cleanse which is quite delightful too. You know, there's yeah. some massage involved, there's your shower and dower where they're pouring the oil on your forehead, all leading to relaxation. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, I can't believe I haven't done this for myself yet. So still uh-huh. on the on the docket. I, you know, we've done a good job of doing a lot of pieces of what that looks like at yoga school, but I have not gone for the weekend and just like done Prachmakara. So it's on yeah. the bucket well, list. Now that you put it out there, I'm sure it's going to happen. Right? <laughs> I know. Well, again, it's all like coming for a full circle that I'm creating for myself. This abundant yes. little circle of bringing us all back together. But um, yeah. we were talking about uh, Vata, Pitta, Kapha. And I was like, for sure what I was when I was speaking with Ron. And he's like, go get tested. Stop with all the the wondering and like the, you know, <laughs> you saying what you are. Go, I, you need to go get tested. So have have you gotten tested to know what your true property is? Yes. Yeah, so w- when I went for my Panchakarma, I had Dr. Ladd's right hand man, uh, uh, Ed, his name is, and he's fabulous. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, they, they, they check your pulse, right, for your property and, and all those things. And, and I kind of already knew, like I did the online test, uh, and I am dominantly Pitta, surprise, yeah. surprise. And yeah, for I those of you listening, Pitta is more like the fire, more like the, you know, um, 
the the go-getter, the I got to do, do, do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Vatu would be, you know, more like the air, you know. It re- like the city then, of LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like things, just, you know, or place. even like simple, like, you know, I put my keys down over here and where did I put them? You know, you always look yeah. at your keys. Yeah. That so. monkey mind. Exactly. Uh, and then Katha would be someone like a little bit more like a little bit more tired, laid back, you know, like my daughter, she she always says, oh, I'm really lazy. I said, baby, you're not lazy. But she's a Katha. She likes to lay in her bed with her blanket on. She wants you to bring her her food, you know, and uh, yeah, it's really that's, cute see, that's now. what I think that my core is. <laughs> I really do think yeah. that my core is Katha. But that's when Ron's like, ah, I would go get that checked out. I think go go get it checked out. But that. But the beautiful thing is that once you have the knowledge of, um, uh, you know, of these traits, then um, what Ayurveda does is like, what's the contradiction? So like, you know, say you're, we all have all three within us. One's always yeah. more dominant. And so, you know, for me, for example, I'm a Pitta and I was doing hot power yoga every day and I was doing Bikram yoga and I was walking five miles. And like, I was of taking course these you hit- were. Of course yeah, a Pitta would pick that. So I go there and, and Ed says, well, uh, you say all about mind, uh, body, balance right so they go through your whole day like what is your day what's your routine what are you doing at work what are you eating and so you know i'm doing all these hot exercises in hot rooms living in hot florida yeah and he goes oh we, we got to cool you down like do you think you could walk only two days a week can you can you not go to hot yoga can you go to a warm room or a non-heated room and i said Ed, i was truthful i said i don't know if i can i think i don't know what's going to happen to me like I this is my life that. like i yeah. don't think i can and he's like, just give it a try and see if it works. And I did. And let me tell you, everything changed. Everything. When I yeah, slowed down. That's amazing. And that's good feedback. And it's, you know, yes. I feel like it's attainable. We're using these big words. Like even Ayurvedic, I feel like is a big word. Like for a while, I was like, how do you spell that? Like I had to like not look it up and just <laughs> learn how to spell it. But, you know, it's like, you know, just a good lesson for people to hear these stories and to learn about Ayurvedic, the science of self-healing. Because you can find that in your day, you know, too much of anything, you know, how can you balance out? How can that pendulum keep swinging left and right in a yeah. flowy way, no matter what you're doing? And that's with how you're eating, the music you're listening to. Exactly. You're keeping. And sometimes it's like little, little shifts. So like, for instance, like they would say, say what are you eating? And I'm like, well, sometimes they put sriracha on my food. You go, oh, well, sriracha, that's another heating thing. You think you could eliminate eliminate that or can you maybe add two tablespoons of aloe vera to your diet to equal out the ph in your body so i need more ways. aloe vera in my in my life and you know, like if you drink a lot of coffee so so they have all these ways through nutrition through herbs and through of course breath work and uh, all holistic um, balancing modalities um, to improve people's lives and like dr lad says and i just love this man so much he always says just try it well, anything that they're going to offer, it's not going to hurt you. So give it yeah. a try. See if it works. If it doesn't, don't do it. Um, but I could almost always guarantee that you are going to feel better when you use these modalities. And it changes your whole body structure from the inside out. You know, people who have diabetes and they start practicing Ayurvedic um, practices, you know, through an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner. I wouldn't say just go do it on yourself by yourself. Right. You know, figure out your body constitution, figure out what it is that your lifestyle, you know, sometimes we don't we're going through life so busy. So we're stopping at McDonald's every day or stopping at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, and we don't we think it's normal. And all of a sudden when you start to tell someone, this is my routine, you could almost like look back and say, Wow, you know what? Maybe I am eating too much processed food. Maybe I am doing yeah. all these things. 
and it has a big effect on your life over time. You know, so once you clean your body up and you and you balance it out, then if you have McDonald's once in a while, no problem. You know, anything yeah. in in balance is okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's something just coming off the last three years. I was doing so much traveling and you know, just all the times just to like get something in my body. The choices were just I, you know, it was almost like I was putting myself in a situation where I couldn't even pick healthy choices or it was more complicated. So that's kind of another thing that you can start to kind of measure your life and simplify it. You know, like if you're living a life that it, these options aren't even around you, which was kind of how I was for like the last two and a half, three years, I was like, well, then I got to change my life. And I think that that also is where yoga can be hard for people because, you know, you start quitting your job, leaving a relationship, you start looking to place yourself to kind of like tee yourself up more properly to live this Ayurvedic lifestyle. Well, you know, and that's true. And, and and for me, it's it's really, really true. What happens is I find for most people, and I think this is this is the beautiful thing about restorative type yoga or anything mindful, whatever it's med- meditation, is that it brings you to your truest self. It really, and once you're with your truest self, once the mind is calm, once the mind is with the body, then your desire is the true feeling, what you do want, it's it's revealed to you. Mm-hmm. And that roommate. Then, yeah. And so then it's almost like, are you going to resist? And when we resist things, then we're uncomfortable. So we know we're resisting. Or do you start mm-hmm. beginning to take little chances to do the things that feed your soul, that fulfill your desires? Um, and then it's a choice. You know, we get to do either one. So I always tell people to start start noticing as you are getting more calm, more in tune with yourself, what is it that I want? And in any given moment, I mean, breath by breath, am I uncomfortable? Am I uncomfortable? And if you're uncomfortable, that's no problem. That's good. Because like, yeah. then what you're is noticing. it that I want? That's where you can take the, the note. Thing? Exactly. So it's like kind of like just following your path, just becoming more aware and the more aware we become, the more that we are willing to let go of the resistance and do the next thing, even though it's scary, but it feels good. Or like I like to say, it's really exciting when something yeah, feels I exciting. Say that too. Yeah. When it's exciting, do more of it. Like that's, that's your, like, that is your, your marker for I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. You know, I love um, when you get those marks, speaking of going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I love when you are, you know, and it always comes to you when you're on the path and you're you're feeling good or maybe you need that little like inspiration to know that you're feeling good mm-hmm. i sat down to open my computer this is like one of those moments i had to to you know 5 minutes before logging onto this zoom with you and there i i didn't even have time to look at what city it was but you know how have you ever you know how so my computer just like picks different backgrounds and it's okay. my work computer so it's like coming it's not my pictures it's coming from whatever and it was this castle and it was saying that this town is like symmetrical and that the gold globe in the middle is just for everyone to find balance. And it was like, it kind of looked like meditation sidewalks coming out of the gold center. I was like, oh my God, this is where <laughs> I met. This this looked like Boone, North Carolina, where I met you, where oh it had gosh. that big, like it was in white. And in this picture was gold. I was just like, these are the type of signs that I feel like it could be little, but it's like, that was a sign to me that I am on the right path. 
Absolutely. Those are the things that we have to look for. And, and anything yeah. that feels good, you know, I'm so excited to do this podcast with you because some of my fondest memories, um, not only in Boone, but also in Bali, like me and you, like when we trend together, we are laughing, we are having fun. We are, you know, of course we're in a relaxed environment and we're, you know, with Marianne and all the other students. And, but it is some of the best memories I've ever, ever had. And I've never laughed so hard. And I mean Which this to this me day. to the next point. As I do with you. <laughs> I brought these massage balls to remind us of a little <laughs> moment that we had learning the art and science of yoga. So we couldn't really get this lesson across. And why we, I mean me, I was the teacher, you were the student. My workshop that I was teaching was how to be more mindful in the workplace. So those of you who aren't watching the podcast, I am holding up these two um, mus like muscle balls. Is that what you would call them? But yeah, I'm still oh, calling them balls. I need to drop the word balls. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I think that you explained it perfectly. Yeah. So in the presentation, I was like losing my words. You know, I was like getting nervous probably. And I was, I had the students like envisioning that they were in the car and I was bringing things along to busy people that they could do throughout their day to find restorative, to, to work their muscles, to de-stress. So <laughs> I, at that point had the students have, you know, their hands around their balls and exactly. It's like, again, I'm saying it again. And it's like, you can see why Nick like died laughing, but I think my cue was, all right, guys, grab your balls. <laughs> oh, that so, was the best. Yeah. We lost Nick for a little bit. And then I had to like keep teaching through the the class dying <laughs> laughing because I told them to grab their balls on their lap. So in a more serious note, what would you kind of suggest to listeners now, especially like, you know, someone who travels a lot or someone like you who's a dad, there's just so many other priorities in people's lives. But, you know, we believe you teach on a regular basis that you also have to come back to the priority of taking care of yourself. So maybe what are some rituals that you do every day? What are some attainable rituals mm -hmm. that you could suggest that people could bring into their life on a daily basis to be more Self-care yeah. oriented, restorative. Yeah. Well, you know, self-care self is definitely number one. And, you know, I want to go back to what Marianne taught us in yoga teacher training. It's something that I really believe in and is what I teach my students. And it has to begin in what you're willing to do. Because, you know, we could give all this, you know, Marianne calls it yoga homework to our students. But if they're not going to do it, it doesn't matter. So yeah. I like to believe that even if it's one thing that you could do for one minute, that's where you begin. Um, and then you see how you feel. And if it feels understand good. how powerful that is. That it's one so minute powerful. can change your life. Yeah. So big on and that. So, right I know it's it's very true. You know, and we have to all begin from somewhere. And we have to, you know, like you once you experience the um, how good it feels when the mind is actually settled, then you want more of it. It it, it just has to be. I, I'm yeah. a true believer in that. Um, so you know, I always figure out and ask my students, what are you willing to do? And so, um, you know, I try I never like to that. give more than uh, That's another than tweetable moment. I'm writing that down. Yeah. What are you willing to do? Yeah. But, you know, for me, my, I have a, like a, I'm not even kidding, a five minute morning routine. And number one is waking up and being grateful. And I'm lucky enough now I'm, I'm living my dream. So I moved from Florida to North Carolina because I was following my impulses. You know, it was very scary to move. I did it. And every day I wake up, I have a beautiful backyard with birds chirping in the background. Mm. And I'm like, thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love I love the sound of the birds chirping. I love my bed. I have that here in LA in the morning. <laughs> it's great. No, I really do. I, I know that's like that I thought you were being so moment, for one But night. I wasn't being funny. My West Hollywood, like the hummingbirds come in. It gets louder as LA wakes up, but my mornings are really quiet here and the birds come to my balcony because I have feeders and stuff. But awesome. you know, it's a reminder Major. to be like for so long I've been trying to move, move, move. I gotta get out of LA. But now I'm like, yeah. Oh actually very nice yeah and, and you know and that's the thing when you start being coming more aware of the positive things in your life and not the negative that's your trend like once you begin to become more positive which stillness helps you achieve um things just get better um so i just getting back to what we were talking about you know i start with gratefulness and all the things i'm grateful for and sometimes it's three things sometimes it's 10 things that just roll off my tongue um, I wash my hands and I thank the water for washing the sleep off of me. Um, I begin to stretch. So I just inhale my hands over my head. I side bend to one side and then to the next. And then I forward fold. And then I reach my hands up and I look up. I go back and send my hips forward, right? So I just get my spine moving. Okay. Then I bring my hands to my heart and my belly. And I just pump my stomach. I could do like 10 breaths where I'm just pumping the air out that of my Kalabala stomach. Kalabala breath? Yeah, exactly. It right. And you said it right. Kala, yeah. Bobby, Kala, I know, it's like a tongue twister, isn't it? Yeah. So I was uh, like, I don't know. I felt like I had a lot of, oh, but you know, you, you just, you're that forceful exhale out of your nose and a, a natural inhalation. Um, so I do that about 10 to 17 times. I go downstairs. I, I uh, drink a, some water before I have my coffee and that's it. And you that is my ritual. Out of your Ayurvedic and, cup. I actually, copper I do cup? drink copper water. So I have a copper um, craft that I put, I fill up um, before I go to sleep every night and I just drink about six ounces of it. And it, and, yep. and the benefit is it's, you know, and again, check with your practitioner, but it does have um, uh, benefits for um, eliminating uh, inf inflammation um, and bacteria. Healing properties, which I felt that this morning, to be honest, because I had a little red wine last night, but I went to visit Marianne and Ron in October in Minnesota. I was there doing some recruiting for Travis Matthew, lifestyle brand, everyone, really cool stuff. Um, and they were so excited to have me in their hometown. You know, it's not a place that I think a lot of students are able to get to. So they were like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I just had two requests. I was like, can you guys feed me something really healthy? Because I've been on the road for the last couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> So, you know, she made me this like very probably Prachmakara inspired soup and this like fresh organic salad that she was like making herself so sweet. And then she's like, what was number two? I was like, oh, I want to go to that Indian store and get a copper cup. And I hear her daughter from the other room like, you've got to be kidding me. And I thought she was just responding to like, that's what I want to do. And yeah. she's like, tell her what you said last night. So I guess Marianne randomly was like purging and cleaning things. And she was just like, I have this extra random copper cup. I'm going to see if Katie <laughs> wants it. And that was the second thing I said I needed in Minnesota from my teacher. Yeah, no, but that's a, th that story is so beautiful. And it's a, a I love that example story. of like how you begin to trend, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, you were trending with your teacher and she was trending with you and she knew exactly what you needed intuitively. And that's yes, the thing when so you're tuned good. in, Because I wasn't in, even posting on. about it. It's not like yeah. I was going to go get my copper cup from Marianne. I mean, yeah. that would probably be a good post, but I didn't post that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing. When you become more restored, more balanced, more in harmony, everything just seems to go in the right direction. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, crystals, do you 
still use them? What are your thoughts oh, on them? I see them around you. You can't see that. I got, yeah, I got, I got them all over me right now. Um, I actually bring them into each and every one of my classrooms. Amazing. Um, you know, because I do believe in not only, you know, everything is a vibration um, and all of the crystals offer their own vibration. And because I do a lot of the chakra balancing and, and I do all these practices on my own, we use a tuning fork. Um, but, you know, the crystals that, you know, I have so many of them, but the ones I bring into my studio all relate to the different um, chakras, starting, you know, from your root chakra all the way up to your, your the crown of your head, the bliss chakra. Um, and they all, you know, come from the earth. And so they all have their own vibration. And um, we just use them as a tool to bring more alignment. Uh, and, you know, I, for me, it doesn't matter whether the students think it's a metaphor, you know, as long as it brings that sense of peace, you know, you walk into my room and you see the crystals lined up, you see my Ganesh, Ganesha and, um, you know, you know, oh, I'm in my yoga practice, you know, yeah. I have my singing bowl that I play in the beginning, mm, you know, that vibration that. And, and the vibration so good for, you know, for the glands of your body, for everything, because it goes into it at a, it goes into the body into the skin, into the bones at a cellular level, goes into the cells of the body. Um, yeah. And believe me, when, when you're using all these techniques um, as healing modalities, the cells love it. They just begin to sing. And, yeah. and, and there is scientific proof that, you know, um, people who have like cells that are like a little bit jagged, if you go into a sound bath, uh, even one session, Ooh. you'll see improvement in the cell. So there is scientific proof that um, uh, vibration, sound healing, it all does work. You know, I'm not saying to just do that. Always, you know, work with your different doctors. You know, I believe that Ayurveda is really good for um, prevention. Of course, many people use it to heal, um, but sometimes you need an intervention. You know, you need a surgery and that's okay. You get your surgery and then you use all these other modalities in the Ayurveda to prevent things from coming back and to heal a little bit quicker. Yeah, I love that. So maybe someone who like doesn't have access to go to a studio or doesn't have someone like you in their in their town, you know, you touched a little bit on sound. And again, I met you when I really got into that part of the yoga practice. You know, we did the kirtan. I called it the crouton. We would go up there and we in yoga school before the kirtan, we had our singing. And that was really when I learned about mantra and the ability of sound to heal. And then we went to Bali together and we had Miss Greta, who just was like mind blown. So I was kind of like uh, determined to come back and start singing. But, you know, in hindsight, I'm using my voice more um, for this podcast. You know, I'm a recruiter, so I just like talk, talk, talk all day long. But in those conversations, I want them to be mindful. I'll use that word. I have been using it a lot lately, but bringing wellness and positivity into everything I do. So in a way, I am using my voice more from all this I've learned about sound. So do you have any suggestions maybe there of, you know, what people could do on a daily basis to get that frequency and that good vibration? You know, it could be so, you know, like, like you said, using your voice, a lot of, you know, we have a throat chakra, you know, for a lot of people, you know, we think about it as, you know, kind and wise words and good self-talk and all those things. But sometimes we just don't know how to get the words out. Um, yeah. And, you know, just repeating the mantra of om you know and, and remembering so uh, you know yoga is not a religion it's not a religion and so there's nothing religious behind it no matter what else you you know t have in your heart always keep that um but saying om like to me like that's the sound of the universe and the vibration is, is really just to get that vibration going through your body you know to get at that cellular level so you know we could use om a lot of people chant it two or three times 
And I believe that it truly works, even if you say it silently, silently in your head. You know, it's a, just that connection Feeling to the, the universe. Your body is nice. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Vasant Ladd gives a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, mantra meditation. And it's the so hum meditation. Uh, and so I love that one. Uh, so beautiful. And so and it's a simple one. So it's a good one to start with. So you're inhaling so, and that means I am that. And you're exhaling hum, that is me. And because our breath is sacred, you know, I am that, that is me. We are an extension of this universe, you know, physical body, universe. We're all came from the same place. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love that. So, so hum, I am that, that is me. And you could start saying it um, out loud, then start saying it mentally, and then just go into your meditation. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful yeah. place to begin. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of that, maybe if you're not ready to say Sanskrit words, because some people aren't, I don't know. I think one of my sisters, you know, I think she struggles with stuff like that. So I think Abraham, Abraham Hicks, who I know now because of you and Marianne, you really got that buzz in her ear. And then she got that in my ear. And then I was sending videos to my mom, especially the video that Abraham Hicks said something like, I don't care. I don't care. Like when you're trying yeah. to like release from mm-hmm. something. Anyway, I was sending that to my mom. Like take it another in. good one. Um, want it? Get it? Want it? Get it? Want it? Get it? It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Abraham Hicks is a good person to look up if you guys don't know who that is, because you know more of like law of attraction, manifestation, affirmations. I am enough. I am love. Um, you can yeah. kind of start to. Am I? Am I right? Maybe start to so, like yeah. say things I've, like that. You're on point. So Abraham Hicks, it's the teachings of Abraham Hicks. The person, uh, Esther Hicks, is the one that is um, uh, is the one that you hear speaking. And um, the the what she does teach is that Abraham is in all of us. You know, we all have Abraham in us, and that's just our truest self. And do we, you know, that's like beginning, like to begin to listen to yourself. And you know, I got that example from Esther. Uh, saying that, you know, you know, when you're resisting because you feel uncomfortable, you know, when you feel good because you feel excited, you know, like, and, and, and so that's the law of attraction, like beginning that. to do the things that feel good to you all the time and letting go of the things that don't feel good to you. But, you know, we can't just stop just like that. You know, she explains you can't get it's from here nice. to there. So some, th- there's a process to things. And the process is becoming more, you know, if you're starting at the beginning, it's beginning to focus on the things in your life that are good and get the feeling of that good feeling thing and, and, and then letting it grow and expand. And then, then you move on, but, but that's the beginning, just beginning mm-hmm. to notice all the things that feel good in your life, you know, whether it's a, a relationship and the things that don't feel good, just don't pay attention to them. Like, so, okay, that yeah, doesn't feel I love good. This. What does feel good right now? What, what, what does feel good right now? Even if it's like, like, can you touch your own skin? Does that feel good? Did it feel good to, you know, touch the back of your hand? Yeah. You know? It's just really just taking that problem. time, that pause to really decide what it is that you need. Exactly. Not what you want and all the time. What you need can become what you want. Well, but, you know, I, I would argue to say that you should have everything you want all the time. It's okay to have these desires, but if the desires, you. yeah, if the desires are um, not feeling good, because like, I don't get, I'm not getting it. And you're concentrating on, I don't have it yet. It hasn't manifested. Um, it, it's, it's trying to change the focus to, it's okay to have whatever you want, but have the feeling of, for instance, Joe and I, and the kids were just planning a vacation and it was so going? fun. 
it was like we were online looking we we're going on a cruise and we we're like looking at all the different Love boats, those boats. everyone's we were all excited and it felt so good you know and we didn't even go on the vacation yet it was just so Amazing. fun planning the vacation so it's like finding that feeling that good feeling and meditation in can bring you can bring you to a beautiful vacation spot in your mind our mind is so powerful Yes. You know, remember that beautiful sunset. Remember the sound of the ocean. Remember like all those things. Those are good things to concentrate on. And it's what you, you know, we all have our own desires. We all want different things. You know, like I love the mountains. Some people love the beach. Right. So, you know, whatever feeling you get around that subject topic, it doesn't matter what it is, place. Think about all that, how it makes you feel and hold yeah. on to that feeling and get the smile, you know, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, another person, a teacher that I really admire uh, and respect, you know, he says, do it with a smile, put a smile on your face. And you can see, I'm always smiling. You and are. I am. It's, it. it's natural to me now. And I ask all my students in every class, I said, you know, from my guard, you know, Mary Ann's teacher, you know, our teacher in, in every lineage. Yeah, he says that, you know, the effort is in the pose, the ease is in the face. So when you're practicing an asana, so the, the effort's in the pose, it's in the muscles, it, it, it's in the joints, but the face should be relaxed. And then Shrishi would say, he adds on, he goes, add the smile on your face, do it with a smile. Um, it's hard to be sad or upset when you're smiling. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. uh, I, yeah, I, I, I like to like say- yeah, I don't like to say fake it till you make it because I know that could irritate some people. Yeah, but I used to sometimes... say that back in the day, but I'm trying to change the way I that me- that message is coming because yeah, yeah. I say smile and notice how it feels. If it feels good. Do it more. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So so much to keep going here, Nick. I could just talk to you for a whole other hour, but um, to wrap it up, um, I'd love to. We're we're gonna kind of introduce what you've got going, how my listeners can, you know, hear more about you, follow you on Instagram. I do think that there is this element of kids yoga that we didn't really get to touch that you bring into your kids life, watching them, some things that you post and um, you're not really teaching kids yoga, but you are because you have two young kids that seem to be very involved in your yoga practice. <laughs> so we didn't get to they touch are. on that guys, but definitely follow Nick. There's all these elements you're hearing him talk that you can learn more about, see more about what Nick is doing, but also just get that joyful kid touch. And I think that's really inspiring um, how you're bringing yoga into their lives. Um, It's really great and beautiful to see and to watch and to experience, but I'd like you to just end us here. Like, what is the message? You know, you've touched on a lot today, but if you could kind of sum it up for us, what, what do you feel like the message is that you're trying to spread to the world through what you're doing here with yoga? To sum it up, I like to say there is no right, there's no wrong to how we feel. Um, we don't need to punish ourselves for the past. We need to begin to live in the present moment. And we need to do the things that feel good to us. The feeling that feels good to us, not other people, you know, like you, your heart, your inner self, your truest self. Um, and don't sweat the small stuff. You know, be around people that make you feel good. Eat the foods that make you feel good. Everything in moderation. And don't be so hard on yourself. You know, we have we take things too seriously, and that's all things that were ingrained in us from a young age. Whether it's through heirs or through our parents or grandparents, it doesn't matter where it came from. You know, that's the society that we live in. Um, but really, getting back to the basics, keeping it simple, keeping the smile on your face, and I, you know, it's something that's been. Um, coming to my mind 
the last few weeks, and I've been saying it in my classes is, you know, I do believe we're all teachers. And I say to my yeah. students, what kind of teacher do you want to be? You know, do you want to be an uplifter? And I always say, the answer is yes. We all truly want to be happy. We want to be that uplifter. So how do you become that uplifter? Yeah. Tweetable moment. Do you want to be an uplifter? Yeah. All right. What's next? Where can we find you? What retreat should we sign up for still? Oh, yeah. So, you know, Marianne and I, we only have a couple of rooms left, but we're doing a luxury mountain retreat in Ferguson, North Carolina. Um, you could find some information uh, on my Instagram. Uh, it's yoga with dot Nick. Um, I always post whatever my upcoming events or classes are uh, at my home studio, Yoga 6 in Cornelius. Um, I do what's called Relax and Retreat. I'm doing my third one this February 5th. There's still time to come if you're local or if you want to fly in. I'm happy to host you. Um, and it's from 1 to 5 this Sunday, February 5th. Yeah. Awesome. Well, not to put you on, you know, uh, before we hang up here, not to put you on the spot, but I'd love, you know, something attainable. I literally jump on my next call here at 10 a.m. So um, about five breaths, three breaths, maybe reset this conversation, lead us through a little breathing routine. You, you're comfortable sure. doing that? Uh, uh, absolutely. So, you know, if, if you're at home and you're in a space where you could find a nice, comfortable seat, and if you're at work, you could even sit in your chair. And you can just I'm sitting on a meditation palm. cushion right now already. So oh, I, that works. my That's hips beautiful. are higher. Nice. You could just place palm on, on top of palm, or you could even place your hands just on your knees. Bring your shoulders up towards your ears, but then roll them back and down. Slide them away from your ears. Feel the extension of your cervical spine by just reaching the crown of the head up towards the sky. Gently close the eyes if you're comfortable. And just for a moment, begin to notice your breath without changing it. Just notice how it feels within your body. Allow the abdomen to be soft. And then just exhale, 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 belly to spine, let the air go. And on the inhalation, just begin to breathe in. I'll count for you. A count of one, two, three, four, Pause if you're comfortable, a little retention, and then exhale. One, two, three, four. Pause once again at the bottom. And then, then smooth inhale for a count of one, two, three, four. Pause. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Just repeat one time on your own. And after your exhale, just notice how you feel, even from taking a few simple breaths, a few moments of stillness, just notice how you feel. Place a smile on your face, bring your hands to your heart, open your eyes, and it's where we say namaste. May the light in me shine, the light in you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. I will see you soon. What a beautiful morning. I made this mala with you and Nancy and Boone as well. Oh, I love that. I have mine on too. <laughs> have a blessed day. I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to track down Nancy and Jenna and see what I'm see what I'm connecting with you about for these rooms. But I'll be in touch later today. And thank you so much. Sounds you good. You guys, 
Nick Russo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.